Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. The world is slowly and surely opening up again. We can now go out and get a haircut. We can go to the pub for a drink in the beer garden. We can even go for a walk and and go into a shop rather than just shopping online for a change. As the world opens up, the question is also being asked of churches. It's being asked of me, when will we open up again? Now, we as a church have discussed some of the principles about how and when and what it might look like for us to open up as a church family. Our leaders are continuing to have regular conversations about how and when we might be able to implement some of these things that we have been discussing and talking about together. However, it is important that we recognise that the church has never shut. The church is still open. Our buildings may have been closed over the last year. We may have had to adjust how we have done things. But the church has remained open throughout lockdown. Not only have we remained open, but we've remained active. We've helped to feed the hungry. We've helped to support the lonely and the isolated. We've been there for people who needed it the most. And we've continued to worship and proclaim the good news of Jesus together. The church is very definitely still open. We never shut. As our nation starts to open up its physical spaces again, This morning, I want to take a few moments for us to think about this passage, but also to reflect on how we might be open as a church. Please don't mishear me here, though. I'll be disappointed. This is not about how we open up our buildings again. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus tell us how to, to do that. However, In the turbulent times that we have been living through, we're going to spend some time again focusing on the basics, on how we can remain open to Jesus's call on our lives as members of his church today. So the question is, what does it look like to be a church that is open? And this morning we're going to look at Luke's account of the Great Commission together as we explore this uh, topic some more. And the first thing that I want to uh, say is that if we are to be open, we need to most importantly of all be open to seeing Jesus as the risen Son of God. Since his resurrection, Jesus made sure that he was seen. A couple of weeks ago, we heard how on Easter morning he appeared to the women at the tomb. He then followed this up by appearing to his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And then finally, Luke tells us here in this passage that we've heard today how he appears to a collection, how Jesus appears to a collection of his disciples as they were gathered in a room together. 
many of us today might assume that if we were in that room on that day, we would be thrilled and overjoyed to be able to see Jesus again. Word had spread. Not only was the tomb empty, but word was getting out that people were actually seeing and encountering Jesus alive again. But as Jesus appeared to his disciples, their reaction was different from what we might expect. Not only does Jesus appear to his disciples and say peace as he enters the room, but he then follows it up by asking, why are you so troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Jesus is so gracious in this passage. No matter how much he had told his disciples what would happen, no matter how much he tried to prepare them, no matter how many people he appeared to, the disciples just didn't get it. They didn't truly see and believe that Jesus was alive. Death had been defeated. The hopes or their hopes had been fulfilled. They just didn't see it. Instead, they were fearful and full of doubts. But I love that Jesus in this, uh, isn't just gracious in bearing with his disciples, but he goes even further. He doesn't just get frustrated with them that they haven't yet grasped it, but he, he helps them to see him and to see the full truth of who he is. Jesus dispels their fears. He greets them with peace. He invites them to touch him, to dispel their doubts. Even when inviting them to touch him isn't enough, Jesus eats a piece of fish to finally dispel any possibility that he could be some kind of ghost. Jesus appeared to his disciples and helped them to open their eyes to see the full revelation of who he is. And I wonder today if we might be like the disciples in that room. Where might we see Jesus, but not truly see him? Where might we see him, but still harbour fear and reluctance to fully and truly embrace him? If we are to be the church that Jesus has called us to be, we first and foremost need to see Jesus for who he is. We need to see Jesus as the risen son of God. Seeing Jesus means that we can't just see Jesus for who we want him to be. We can't like the idea of Jesus, but doubt whether he really makes any difference today. We can't celebrate that Jesus has risen, that he's alive and that he has power and authority over all things and then doubt whether he's really enough for us. Jesus wants us to see him for who he is. Not only does he want us to see him, but he will help us to see him for who he is. But the question is, as Jesus helps us to see, will we open ourselves to Jesus, that we might truly see him as the risen son of God. This morning, please can I invite you to once again look to Jesus, 
Regardless of whether you've been in the church for years or you've never really thought about it uh, before or you've never even considered following Jesus before you just happened to turn up at a church this morning, would you look and see Jesus for who he is? My hope coming out of this pandemic is that the church would have an even clearer picture and have had an even greater encounter with Jesus than ever before because we've set our eyes on him above anything else. Please don't let anything blur your vision. Don't let your doubts entangle you, but just see Jesus. See his love see his power, see his grace and his wounds, see the price of our sins and our failures, but also see the hope and the life and the peace and the joy that he brings to us all. If we are to be the church that Jesus has called us to be, we need to open ourselves afresh and see Jesus for who he is. And as we open ourselves to Jesus, we also need to be open to hear his message and his call for us to be his church. Once Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples, he sought to to teach and prepare them for who he wanted them to be in the future. So in verse 45, we hear how Jesus opened their minds and explained the scriptures to them of God's greater plan and the part that Jesus had played within that. And let's listen to these words of Jesus again in verse 36 and 49, where he summarises what he wants the church to know. This is what is written, Jesus said, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. That was Jesus's message to the church 2000 years ago. And Jesus's message to the church today is exactly the same. The world we might live in may, uh, may have changed, but the message of Jesus and his mission of his church is constant and true. It's unchanging throughout the generations. You can spend a whole sermon just looking at this passage alone, but let's just briefly take a few minutes to look at some of the highlights within it. Firstly, what is the message of Jesus? Well, the message of Jesus is that he is the Messiah, the source of hope and salvation, and that the King has come, the long-awaited King that people were waited for. And because the Messiah, that is Jesus, had died and rose again three days later, there is repentance and forgiveness of sins. Sometimes it can be tempting as Christians to get so clever in our theology uh, and, and, and we can get so overcomplicated in what our thinking that we struggle to communicate and can lose sight of that core message 
of Jesus and what it is that we really truly believe and stand for as God's people. We can think that if we are to speak about Jesus, then we need to have gone and studied theological or studied at a theological college before we can speak. But really, that's not true because the message of Jesus is really quite simple. I've been to theological college, but ultimately I'm a simple guy. So let's keep it simple. The message of Jesus, the message of his church can be summed up in this. If you are willing to turn to Jesus, if you are willing to acknowledge your faults and repent and receive his forgiveness, there is forgiveness that is open to you. And as you receive forgiveness, you can be made whole and new because of Jesus and his death and resurrection. It's simple. I know my faults, I know my failures, and I'm sure that you do too. We all have them. But no longer do my faults or my failures need to define me. Instead, because of Jesus's death, because he died for me and rose again, I can know that my faults, my failures have been taken away and I've been forgiven and restored. And that can be your story too. Jesus not only tells us this simple message, but also who it is for. It is for all the nations and for everyone to hear. That's the message. And Jesus empowers us to share that message with the world. He commissioned us to bear witness and to share his message to the people around us. But again, notice we don't have to do this in our own strength. God not only empowers us with a purpose but he, to share this message with the world, but he also promises to enable us and empower us to be a, by the power of his spirit working within us, that we might fulfill the task that he has given to us. This morning, may we not only see Jesus, but may we also hear his call. May we open ourselves again to his spirit that we might be faithful to that original call that Jesus gave to us all. That we might be empowered to share the good news of Jesus with everyone by the power of his spirit at work within us and that we might step out as we in faith as we respond to his call as we open ourselves to jesus we cannot help but respond with praise just take a moment to consider what we've already uh, shared together this morning jesus the Son of God, who was dead and is now alive. Not only is he alive, but he invites you to see him, to touch him, to know him and to encounter him. Just take a moment to let that sink in. I'm an ordinary guy, an insignificant guy in the big scheme of our world. I am far from perfect. I've pl got plenty of mistakes to show. I've got plenty of weaknesses. 
Yet Jesus, the one who was with God when the world was created, has invited me to see him, to know him, and to touch him. And he's invited you too. Jesus has invited you to be a part of his great story, knowing and proclaiming the repentance and the forgiveness of sins, the message of restoration, of hope, of true life in all its fullness, free of guilt, free from shame. And you've been invited to be a part of it. Not only have we been invited to be a part of that story, but Jesus has promised to empower us by sending his spirit to come upon us and to live within us. In other words, we have that same power that is able to defeat the power of death and bring life out of the grave, living and working within within each one of us who have put our faith in Jesus. Now, if God can do that transformation, bringing life out of death, just imagine the transformation that he can do in me and you and through both of us. When we grasp this truth, we cannot help but respond with praise. When we grasp the hope, forgiveness and restoration of God, we cannot help but be full of joy, just as the disciples were as Jesus left them for the final time and ascended into heaven. Luke starts and ends his gospel in the same place. His gospel starts in the temple, the place where God was encountered, the place of worship, And it ends with the disciples worshipping in the temple. However, there's a difference. There has been a shift. No longer was the temple, the uh, building, the place where God was encountered. No longer was God to be encountered and worshipped amongst brick and stone alone. Instead, the place where God could be encountered is through Jesus. It is only as we open ourselves to him and see him that we can encounter God and worship him together. So as the world opens up around us, may we continue to open ourselves to Jesus. May we see him for who he is. May we open ourselves to his call on our lives. And as we encounter him, may we respond with praise for who he is, for what he has done, and the life and the hope that we can all find in him. Let's pray together. Jesus, we praise you. We thank you and we worship you that you are the risen son of God. And Lord God, we pray that we would once again see you for who you are. Jesus, draw us deeper and closer to you. Reveal more of your character to us, we pray. 
And Lord God, as we see you, Lord, may you help us to step out faithfully on the call that you have given to us and the church and the gen over the generations before, that we might continue to, re to proclaim the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins, the message of hope and transformation that you have won for us at the cross and as you rose again. Lord God, we worship you this morning. We see you and we, f we respond with hearts full of praise. Jesus, show us more of who you are. We pray. Amen.